Hi everyone and welcome back to the Cooper Now podcast and I'm delighted to be joined uh, for this episode by Alison Milne and Alison is involved with Sustainable Cooper and before I say anything else over to you Alison to uh, to tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay um, so a bit about me I grew up in northeast Fife uh, in Newport and Goldray so I've not traveled that far <laughs> to Cooper however I have been away to Edinburgh and other parts of the Western Isles and things in between times um, so I've yes I'm part of Sustainable Cooper I am the I'm one of the founding members actually of Sustainable Cooper which has been going for I think about 12 years or something now um, it's a really good charity it's close to my heart um, but I've, you know, I'm more than that. I've somebody who's lived in Cooper now for about 25 years, part of the community here. Um, I work locally. I'm self-employed as well as employed part-time in the NHS. And yeah, that's a bit about me. So I, I, one of the other things I do, just as a kind of very quick introduction to who I am, I teach brass as well in Cooper. So I've got Cooper Beginners Brass. That might be another way local people would know me. That's really good. I know with um, on the sustainable Cooper front, um, I can't have time blurs, but it's a wee while ago now. But I remember um, meeting up with you guys when you were doing the uh, the campaign around the the plastic straws. Yeah. So I think uh, you did a fantastic job working with. I can't remember how many businesses, but it was a lot to try and reduce and or scrap the use of plastic straws um, yeah. in Cooper, and that was a that was a very successful project. Yeah, we do quite a number of projects, and I can talk about those at some point if you if you want to mention. Yeah, no, that, that would that would be that would be grand because I know, uh, you know, Sustainable Cooper comes up in quite a few bits of news uh, that we share, um, and and people see um, see some of those projects. But you you're involved in quite a lot of different things around the town, whether it's the the orchard project and so on and so forth. So maybe just chat chat to our listeners a little bit about some of the projects. I, I know, again, 2020 has been an almost impossible year to do too much, but uh, chat through some of the things that you've been involved in through your time at Sustainable Cooper. Okay, so we try to look at big and small, you know, local things, things that make a huge difference to the way we live in the town. And because we're involved in things that are about reducing carbon, um, they're big things as well. So one of the biggest things we've been working on in the last We've been working on it a long time, but kind of only getting small progress towards is cycling paths. So we have designed a kind of, we've got a lovely map of the town, a bit like a London underground map with lots of colours on it. And we're, we've been working on one of the routes called the Red Routes, which hopefully might come to fruition at some point with all the work we've been doing, which will go over the boards um, and, you know, make a really good pass for people rather than going right through the middle of the town. And there's lots of other bits of that route that we're trying to to enable and have conversations with planners, developers, funders. So a lot of the work is in the background that you don't see. Yeah, I know. I know. With um, I know. Last summer we we got we um, uh, worked and engaged with you guys when we uh, the the spaces for people project that um, came out last June July time and again which was all sort of COVID related about trying to make more space for more people. Yeah. And and that's when I became more aware of the the red route and the cycle plans and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. And and a lot of that chat was around the fact that certainly through lockdown, more people were cycling, more people were walking, more people were pushing yeah. chairs and out and about. And uh, you know there are 
it, it's a funny one. We've shared, we've shared, I think, some of the information that you've published before. We've shared about walkways and cycleways and cycle routes. And, and I think quite a lot of people are un, unaware of them. Yeah. Um, oh, I, we didn't know that there were all these, these ways that you can get in and around uh, the town. But there are some fantastic routes for people to enjoy at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if through your work, those can be made better and safer and mm-hmm. um, more used, then that's only going to be to the good. So, um, I, yeah, we'll, if, we can, if we can share any updates on those, we will. Um, but I know, I know from chatting with quite a few people from that, through that um, Spaces for People program that uh, I think people are very keen over the last 12 months to try and see more people get out and about more. Absolutely, yeah. And, and especially we don't have safe routes to school. You know, literally, we don't have any at any school at the moment. So that's one of the priorities we think that we need to be working on locally so that children can get their bikes and, and get to school, you know, rather than have it to be taken by cars because we know how much of a problem it is for some of our schools. Yeah, that would be a really good thing. That would be a really good thing. I know because um, um, I walk my dog through Cooper sometimes down by the, down by the, in the Eden, and again, I, I mentioned, I touched on it. I know that you, you, you've been involved in the, is it, the, is it called the Orchard Project? Yeah, yeah we call it, I think it's called the Orchard Project. You know, it's part of um, Sustainable Cooper that I don't, I don't, some, well, sometimes I physically get involved with them. I think it's called the Orchard. That's terrible. I'm not. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's our, what we call our fab group, our fruit and blossom group. They do a brilliant job of doing lots of different projects. And they've got, you know, things up at um, Elmwood College, as well as that orchard space. Um, we do things like Himalayan balsam cutting and I managed to get a volunteer party last year because that's one of the things we could do during the summer to do outside activities. So their activities have been continuing but again in a more curtailed way mm-hmm. and they do lots of fruit encouraging, encouraging people to use local local fruits as well as growing it. Yeah, no, that's that's excellent. Um, I, I, part, we've just, we're doing some work at the moment. Um, with Cooper Development Trust, they've uh, uh, made an application, a uh, small application to, to try and get some funding to, to uh, create a food and drink trail with, with Cooper at its heart, looking at Cooper being the market town and how it, how it feeds in um, with lots of uh, pr- produce from, uh, from its catchment. So, uh, and again, I'm aware from the, I think there's something like 38 food and drink businesses um, in, in and around Cooper that's, uh, that again, an awful lot of those will will pull in and use local produce as well. So, you know, sustainability, I think if most people look at Cooper now, don't necessarily think, oh, it's all about sustainability, but ultimately through trying to encourage people to be local, shop local, stay local, uh, spend local, all of it's about a bigger sustainability issue um, to try and make people reinvest in the communities that they're in. Um, And I I think we're doing some of that, but working with, with you and your team um, to make more people more aware of the bigger projects that you're working on and the longer term projects that you're working on yeah. to make the place better, to make the environment better. Yeah, so, and one of the biggest projects we've been working on, and who knows if it will ever come to fruition, but our hope is that it will, is to do a Cooper um, heating network, a district heating network. So, taking, we're looking at the sewage system to extract. Um, heat from there, store it in the ground, and then pump it around any new developments as well as maybe retrofit into old developments. Because we know that heating our houses and the houses we live in are just, they're not gonna do it. You know, we need to be carbon neutral in by 2035 and we're not gonna do it. So we have to look at, we have to think big and that's a very big project that we've been 
trying to get off the ground for a long time and battling but, politically about that. <laughs> but it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's thinking big, but thinking small at the same time, because it's for yeah. Cooper. Yes. Um, and, and again, I think that I think that works well, uh, that if it's a community gets behind something and a community can can campaign for something that that can work really well. It's it, there's a lot of sort of top down big picture stuff that happens um, that that happens without any of us necessarily seeing it or knowing it. But if if uh, if through organisations like Sustainable Cooper, Cooper Development Trust and other community partners and stakeholders can corral around a, an idea, uh, consult with consult with residents and visitors and, and so on and so forth and businesses and, and, and get some momentum behind something. I think that's a, a great way to try and work on projects. Yeah, absolutely. And and well, and that's one of the projects that so the top down and bottom up is really important for me. And because of my work in the NHS, as well as my private work as a consultant, OD cons I'm an organizational development consultant, complexity in helping organizations through complex processes, complex thinking. That's where one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, which was this project with um, Five Voluntary Action that are doing mm -hmm. the Listening to Cooper project at the Rotary. So there's lots of things that are bringing something together which about is about bottom up and top down and really listening to people. And one of the ways that I would encourage local people to do it is to do, and I'll talk a little bit about that later, but going onto this website to do bottom up information and merging that with the top down information that's coming from local policy planning. Yeah, no, that I, I know, well, that's one of the reasons why we set up this, this uh, podcast with you to chat through because I was, on an email exchange where I was reading some of the information that you were sharing with one or two people and I thought oh that sounds interesting um so so let's let's get Alison onto a podcast because it is about it is about getting uh members of the public just aware of the different things that are out there so perfect timing but you know why not why not jump into that now um I, I looked at the website link that you shared shared with me and as a very very broad brushstroke description it's about gathering people's uh, comments thoughts information what what people want at a at a grassroots level and, but and over to over to over to you because you you know it better than i no you were you were doing a really good introduction there i was about to just add into what you were saying there which was all those comments thoughts and beliefs and values we call them stories that's the kind of yeah. nuance that we're actually talking about and people's stories and i don't know if it's a good word using stories or not because sometimes the word story can put people off well it's not a story so it, it, it is it's basically their points of view their thoughts their comments all of these things i think I actually think points of view is a better word than story but we're using the word story at the moment yeah so basically what what we have is um through some funding through Fairer Fife, they have bought into this lovely piece of software called SenseMaker. SenseMaker is a, is a beautifully designed um, piece of software that gathers people's stories, people's points of views from on the ground. So you get new, what I would call nuanced information. Mm -hmm. So it's not just data about numbers of people in jobs or not jobs. It's not just data about you know, who has, who travels where and who travels there. That data is really good, but this data is about what people locally really want, what matters to them. More emotive stuff, really. Yeah, it, it, very emotive, very 
and nuanced. Sometimes people yeah. can say something, but they don't really know what they want. Mm. <laughs> you know, people's needs are I'm very like that all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so being a psychologist, I know that people sometimes can't voice what their needs are. You know, but they will voice something that's a point of view, which will be behind a need, you know. Mm -hmm. So so people's needs are really important. But the thing for me that's important about this project is based on funding that's come from Fear of Fife. This is all about fairness in the community. And usually people have a point of view about fairness, where they see things as being unfair and not right. And they will maybe get, you know, demonstration about that or they'll, they'll say something about it or they'll write into the paper about it or something and that's good we need these voices we need that information but this piece of software will collect all of that data and it will give it back to us at a cooper level so even though it's a fife based project we can actually interrogate and collect the information on a nuanced basis about what the people in cooper think about their community and the way they'd like to see it different you know, what differences would I like to see in Cooper? And I know that that's exactly what the Rotary and all these people are trying to do. They're trying to get together people to say, well, what does Cooper need? What are, what are all the groups in Cooper? Could we listen to each other and have a plan for Cooper? And the Development Trust is exactly doing that as well. So we have a kind of convergence of all of these people trying to do the same thing. Yeah which I think is quite amazing because you yeah. feel like we're trying yeah, to... Yeah, no, I think, I think it's, a, it's a sort of a, a, an aligning of planets at the moment. I know that um, Bill at the at, at Cooper Rotary, um, we, yeah. we, we spoke with him before Christmas and he's, you know, he's taken over as president and he's launched this, you know, listening to the Cooper program, which is brilliant. And each, each one of their meetings, they have two or three people from the community, different community groups coming in and, and chatting through... Um, what they're about. I was I was invited on, onto last week's chat, which was fantastic. They had um, Helen Glass from Include Me. They had John Stevenson from Cooper Golf Club, and they had Ewan from the um, Sunshine Kitchen Project. Which were, you know, each was given a, a ten minute slot just to just to chat and and to enable people to listen to to what was going on. I really like the idea of of what you're saying. I know we we, we had a brief discussion before recording this when people talk about data um especially at the moment there's an awful lot of uh, skepticism and um, people can be quite scared of that and um you know we're all bombarded with information about cyber security and not sharing this and not sharing that i think it's really important to to get across to people um we will be we will be um sharing the information um from you Alison, but it's really important to get across to people that this isn't this isn't about capturing personal data, is it? It's not about capturing who you are. It's about capturing what you what you think and want. Yeah, um, you're absolutely correct, Simon. It, this is about um, people having their points of view that they want to put into something, but it doesn't say who they are. So people can be totally protected that they're, they're anonymous. When you go onto the website, Five Voluntary Action website and it's five voluntary it's fea your story is if you want to go there which i'd encourage people to do i think you would click on fea your story your comments and that will take you to this um website and that says that tells you that the information you give is anonymous i think the only information people are asked that might identify them is the postcode so unless their postcode is only one house yeah. Um, nobody could find out who they are but what is great is the fact that we're doing it by postcode is that we can gather the information about the localities you know yeah. so what people in this locality are seeing these kinds of things and people in this locality are seeing these kind of things because we know that throughout Fife there are certain localities which are you know under under resourced 
and yeah. they need more help. Well, so, I think from a from a cons uh, I can't say the word from a consultative point of view, um, from an engaging with the with the with the community point of view, going back to last summer when we did the the spaces for people consultation, you know, we put that out through our through our channels. Um, we had several hundred people um, online looking at all the information that was there. We had, I think it was 43 written submissions that we were able to share back with Sustrans and Five Council Transportation team, which was fantastic because that's exactly the way this should happen. We've recently done another small consultation and that's ongoing with um, Scottish Water about their top up top up from the taps project or top up to, uh, top up taps top up bottles I can't remember the exact phrase but it's it's something that they're looking to do there's one or two places around five but they're looking to put in a uh, a tap or two in Cooper where anybody that's out cycling or walking or exercising can top up their water bottle it's a fantastic so, idea I love that idea it's yeah so we've we've done a we've done a we did a little blog piece on that and as a result of being sharing that we've had feedback from from the audience to say, well, I think it would be a good idea to put it here. I think it would be a good idea to put it there. Um, one which was lovely was a uh, lady south of Cooper lives lives on a fairly distant uh, footpath. Said, well, I'd like it to be just outside my farmhouse because she said every walker and every walker that comes past my house asks asks if they can top up from my tap, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was very 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 lovely and sweet, very generous of her. And she said, if it doesn't happen, I'm happy I'm happy to keep doing that. But um, yeah. but uh, so that it's that. But it's that level of engaging with people um, and enabling everybody to, to say what they think. And that's that's really that's really important. And we'll share we'll share all the right links when we publish this to, to okay. encourage people to, to go onto that site. Mo moving moving on, you, you took, you've got different roles, different hats on. So that's that's a lot of the work with with Sustainable Cooper. Um, and you, as you said, you you work um, you work with the NHS as well with some of your some of your project work happy happy to chat about that but you also said that you 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 teach brass yes so maybe maybe from our listeners point of view i'm not not decrying the fact that you do work for the <laughs> but maybe from our listeners perspective it's your it's your work in teaching brass that might um might resonate more yeah for for people locally yeah um so it's just a part i know it's not even a job it's just something i do as a voluntary thing but but i think it's important because for me it's about fairness you know, I grew up in a in a kind of pretty working class environment, and uh, we didn't get any access to very much apart from through the school. I got access to playing in brass, and I played in tipper band, and I had a ball. You know, it was one of the things that I did growing up. That it was a something that it was a community. So I'm very community minded. Uh, you were all sharing things, and being in music is a wonderful experience for anyone. Anyone who plays a musical instrument will understand this. Um, and when you play in a community, an orchestra, a band or whatever, it's just, it's something that makes you more fully human. So I think it's really important that um, all children <clears throat> should have access to, to brass instruments. Oh, and it used to be a very working class thing. Do you know that years ago, mm -hmm. um, it was all the brass bands were in mining areas. Like, so the band I play in now is Talis Russell. And uh, they are... <laughs> they've lost their funding you know all the brass bands are losing their way a little bit but we're still very much rooted in, in working class areas so i'm kind of keen that i pay back you know when i'm trying to encourage um learners i try to find free instruments for them through various grants sources you know people give me instruments that have yep. been lined in cupboards so again if anybody if anyone's listening to this allison and anyone at home has a 
a, a brass instrument gathering dust in an attic or a cupboard or somewhere that they 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 have no intention of using at all then um they can get in touch with us and we'll pass it on to you is that okay that would be wonderful thank you <laughs> that's no we'll try we'll try our best we'll see what we can do yeah because because they're expensive things and the more yeah. i can i can get instruments into the hands of young people who would not normally be able to afford them that's what i would do and I, and i teach them when we're back in normal times not covid at the moment i'm doing it online and the pupils are managing beautifully it's amazing how these youngsters are are responding really well um, but normal times would go into the church hall in St John's Church on a yeah. Wednesday night. So. How long have you been? How long have you been teaching brass? A um, couple of years now. I mean, yeah. I've been playing all my life. Yeah. Um, still play. Uh, so I've been teaching in Cooper. Well, I know actually no. I've been doing it for about ten years. Mm -hmm. I, I taught in Glenrothes before this. Mm -hmm. So part of my sustainability hat was, let's teach more locally so I don't need to burn carbon. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. Well, when, well, and again, as part of this, we'll, well, in fact, well, why don't, why don't you tell people now, if, if anyone's interested in, in learning, if anybody's, uh, maybe somebody does have that dusty instrument sitting in their attic or cupboard, and they think, yeah, all I need is somebody to teach me and help me. So how would they get in touch with you, Alison? Um, so I've got a, I actually do have a Facebook page, um, Cooper Beginners Brass. They can get in touch with me through that. Um, similarly with Sustainable Cooper, we've got a Sustainable Cooper Facebook page. <coughs> Excuse me. And people can be in touch with us through through Facebook for Sustainable Cooper. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and there's, I think, um, you, yeah, there's a Facebook page and a and the website for Sustainable Cooper, where you publish all of any any work that you're doing ongoing and updating and so on and so forth. I think um, speak, speaking with um, um, or toing and froing with either Jim or Gordon at Sustainable Cooper, one or t'other, um, was was fairly recently on an email exchange. Was again as a group. Um, there and there are 82 community groups, clubs, societies, and all across Cooper. So there's a huge raft of different community groups that people can engage with but if people um yeah it was either Jim or Gordon saying that you know you guys are always looking for volunteers always looking for people who want to get involved and I think sometimes people see an organization and just think well they're done and you know they're done they're so they're fine they've got they've got their people and and just just leave them to it but you know you, you do some mate as you've touched on some different projects working with businesses working you know hands-on stuff um bigger bigger project stuff so volunteer wise you need different people from oh, with different absolutely. skills i'm so glad you're asking me that question simon totally um what we need is we need a volunteer to come and help us with communications yeah so if any if any of our listeners have a have a particular bent on communication be it digital or or written published whatever it might be and uh, again they're sitting at home thinking oh i've got a bit of time on my hands then please do get in touch with Sustainable Cooper because um, it's a it's a great charity, it's a great organisation, and as I said, there's there's lots of different strands to it, from from sort of campaigning work to hands-on getting yourself dirty and muddy to to the big to the big picture strategy planning stuff for the future of the the town and the community. So there's lots of different ways that people can get involved if they've got different skills. Yeah. Yeah, on um on on um on that and again it's a plug from our from our perspective um and you guys were involved in it as sustainable cooper is one of the the community partners through 2020 with everything so closed down and so closed off 
um, we were aware that a lot of community uh, groups were struggling to communicate and reach out and, 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 and engage with people. So we, we started the idea of, of building a, a community directory on the Coopernell blog. Um, took some time, but that's that was published uh, earlier on this year. And we now have, I think, as I said, it's 82 groups, clubs, societies, organizations, everything across town now sits within that. And if anybody wants to find out more, visit the, the Coopernell blog, click on the community link that's at the top of the page, then it's all categorized by, you know, whether it's arts or sport or leisure or whatever it might be. So everything's everything's listed there and we maintain that live and ongoing, we'll, we'll update it. If anybody is listening to this that is involved in an organization that doesn't feature on that list, tell us please, because we want to, we want to make sure that everyone's covered. I want, to, um, I want to make sure your Cooper Brass is there actually. I need to check that. Well, that's why I asked you because I don't think it is, but it will be. It will be by the time this is published, Alison. So rest assured you will be on there. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think it is. Uh, that's why that's why I asked you the question. So no, it's 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 very good to 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 catch up with you. We'll we'll share the information from the, the five voluntary action link and uh, we'll push that out and and maybe we could come back to this with you and or five voluntary action once some of that data has been captured to, to look at what it means for the town. Yeah, I think that would be a great idea. And I think um, <clears throat> I'll probably be in touch if, if the data is good coming back from Cooper people. I'll be talking to other people at the Rotary and Cooper Development Trust about it. Yep. I can I can very much see that Bill will be inviting you on for a 10 minute slot before too long. Lovely. <laughs> you take care and it's very nice to catch up with you and um again thanks to all of our listeners for listening uh, and until the next time take care thank you very much thank you <laughs>